Welcome to the Qalam Institute podcast. You're listening to Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Imagine spending two weeks, every day, morning and evening, with the Prophets of Allah. That's the vision behind Sirah Intensive. Every year, over a hundred people from all over the world come together to spend two weeks immersed in learning about the life and character of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad wasallam. Sign up and get more information at sirahintensive.com. That's S-E-E-R-A-H intensive.com. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatim al-anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya amma ba'd. In today's class, inshallah al-aziz, we will start the story of Sayyidina Nuh, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. In our last class, we talked about Salih alayhi salam and his people. And in today's class, inshallah, we'll start from Ibrahim alayhi salam moving forward. Just so that you can create a timeline in your mind, um, Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi states that between the flood or the storm that hit the people of Nuh alayhi salam and the birth of Ibrahim alayhi salam is approximately a period of 1,200 years. And from the time of the creation of Adam alayhi salam until Ibrahim alayhi salam's time, Again, there is a period of roughly 3,000 years. So this gives you a timeline of the events that are occurring. Now, Ibrahim salam is one of the great prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is from the ulul azmi min al-rusul, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised in the Qur'an. Um, also referred to as Abul anbiya the father of prophets. And the reason why he's called the father of prophets is because from his immediate progeny are prophets. Um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in one narration stated, as quoted by Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi alayhi in his sahih, Al-Kareem ibn al-Kareem ibn al-Kareem ibn al-Kareem. The Honorable One, the Son of the Honorable One, the Son of the Honorable One, the Son of the Honorable One. And what this hadith actually is referring to, four prophets who were born from one another. Meaning one prophet, born from a prophet, born from a prophet, born from a prophet. And this is a, if you wish to say, if you wish to say a golden lineage. And who are these four people? Yusuf alayhi salam, the son of Yaqub alayhi salam, the son of Ishaq alayhi salam, the son of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So these are four prophets that come one after the other. Hence, some scholars say the reason why he's called Abul Anbiya. Now another group of scholars, they say the reason why he's called Abul Anbiya, the father of the prophets, isn't only due to his immediate lineage, but rather it's because from that lineage now moving onwards, from Ibrahim a.s. come many, many, many prophets. Okay? All of the prophets of Banu Yisrael trace back to Ibrahim a.s. And ultimately, the final and last prophet, the prophet Muhammad wasallam, is also from the children of Ibrahim a.s., but not from Ishaq salam's children, the other son of his Ismail salam, from his lineage. The Prophet wasallam said in one narration that from the children of Ismail salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected Kinana. And from Kinana, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected Quraysh. And from Quraysh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected Banu Hashim. And then the Prophet said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected me from Banu Hashim. So he said, فَأَنَا خَيَّارٌ مِنْ خَيَّارٌ مِنْ خَيَّارٌ I am the best of the best of the best. And this is actually a 
if you wish to say, kind of like a commentary of the verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu a'lamu hayithu yaj'alu risalata. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the best place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the exact place of where prophethood should be sent. And in one verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah astafa adama wa nuhan wa ala ibrahima wa ala imrana ala alameen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected Adam alayhi salam and Nuh alayhi salam the family of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and the family of Imran over all the worlds. They are all linked to one another. Their families are all connected. They're all linked together, if you think about it. And Ali Imran is connected to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam is connected to Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam is connected to Adam alayhi salam. So if you think about it, they're all ultimately connected together. Another one of the great uh, honors that Ibrahim alayhi salam holds is that he constructed the Kaaba as well. Now he's not the only constructor of the Kaaba, he's not the only one who built the Kaaba. We mentioned earlier on that before Ibrahim the Kaaba was built. But even though people before Ibrahim built the Kaaba, the Quran when mentioning the construction of the Kaaba links it directly to Ibrahim It's because Ibrahim construction was a special construction. Because it was going to be this foundation that Ibrahim salam would build the Kaaba on that would remain until the Day of Judgment. Okay, So this is, if you wish to say, kind of like the final construction and the great construction and the sacrifice that he makes while constructing the Kaaba, the sweat and blood he puts into it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives him the honor of the Kaaba. And not only that, when the Prophet ﷺ went on the journey of Isra and Mi'raj, as narrated by Imam Muslim rahmatullahi alayhi in sahih the Prophet ﷺ says, فَإِذَا أَنَا بِإِبْرَاهِيمِ That when I entered into the paradise, the seventh heaven, in front of me was who? Ibrahim ﷺ. مُسْنِدًا ظَهْرَهُ إِلَى الْبَيْتِ With his back leaning against the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now where is he leaning against? Not the Kaaba on the earth, rather it's on إِلَى بَيْتِ الْمَعْمُورِ on the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens. And the Prophet then continued on in that narration by saying that that house of Allah is not an empty one. You know when you think of the Kaaba in your mind, what kind of picture pops in? Nobody thinks of an empty Kaaba. When you think of the Kaaba today, you're thinking of hundreds of thousands of people doing tawaf of it. The Prophet is saying the same rush exists around the Kaaba in Jannah too. And the hadith of Sahih Muslim, the Prophet says that Around the Kaaba, in the Baytul Ma'mur, in the heavens, there are 70,000 angels who do tawaf. And once they do tawaf in their life, after that they can never do it again. They do not turn back to it again. They are only allowed to do one tawaf. And in one narration, that after they do their tawaf, they perform their turaqah. You know how we do our turaqah after tawaf? And after our turaqah are over, we say, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum. But those angels, after they do their turaqah, they fall into sajda and they will remain in that sajda until the day of judgment. And no person can ever estimate the creation of Allah or the army of Allah, you know, the worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a reminder for us all how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, and how small we are. So where does the arrogance come from? Where does the negligence come from? Now, Ibrahim alayhi salam's, another one of the greatness, uh, great things that are attributed to Ibrahim alayhi salam, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bases our manasik, our hajj and umrah, off of his life. So every time we go for hajj and umrah, whose story are we repeating? 
more or less we're reliving those days, those moments of Ibrahim alayhi life. And during Hajj, we have the opportunity to live five days of his life. It's kind of like we get to live five days of his life. Imagine Ibrahim alayhi full life then. Allah is giving us an opportunity to imitate him for five days, but imagine his full life, his entire life, all the sacrifices and all the great things that he does. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى That the station of Ibrahim, where he stood while he was constructing the Kaaba, had elevated him and brought him down to put the bricks and the stones in the right place. Allah says, that place should also be made a place of worship. That's, that's where you go and pray your two rakat. That's where after tawaf is done, we read two rakat. We read the two rakat behind Maqam Ibrahim, the station of Ibrahim salam, because of this command of Allah, وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى Another one of the great things that's an honor for Ibrahim salam, and also an honor for the Prophet salam, both ways, depending on how you look at it, is that they looked similar to one another. The hadith tells us of the, the, the narration of Isra and Mi'raj, that when the Prophet ﷺ came into the seventh heaven, he saw Ibrahim salam there and he said that he looks so similar to me. And I look so similar to him because they looked very similar to one another, the Prophet ﷺ and Ibrahim salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to Ibrahim salam as the Khalil. وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ Ibrahima. Khalila, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Ibrahim alayhi salam is Khalil. And the Khalil is the one whose love your heart is filled with. Someone who you love not just a little bit, but someone who you love so intimately that your entire heart is filled with that person's love. Ibrahim alayhi salam's honor is such that the Prophet wasallam says that on the day of judgment, right? Ayyuhannas innakum mahshurun. O people, all of you will be resurrected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hufatan, uratan, ghurlan. You will be unclothed. There will be nothing on your body, nothing on your feet. Completely from head to toe, everyone will be unclothed. And the Prophet sallallahu then recited the ayah, kama badatna awwala khalqin nu'idu. That just as we created the first time, that's how you're going to be brought back again. When a child is born from the mother's womb, completely unclothed. Nothing on the body at all. And when a person resurrects in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect us the same way. Why is that? As a reminder that everything else in the world that you possess, even the garment that you took with you in the grave, has no value in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent you with all the things that mattered in your life, and that was your body, and your parents, and your family members. And then slowly you started adding things and started adding things. But all those things that you added, they don't have intrinsic value with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise us all unclothed. And according to one narration, Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, a messenger of Allah, we're going to be unclothed? Won't everyone look at each other? And the Prophet sallallahu said, Al-amru ashaddu min dhalik. That on that day, the concerns you're going to have, the things on that day are going to be much greater than this. This does not mean that people will be unclothed forever. What this means is, and the Prophet explains this in, in the narration himself, he says that the, the creation will gather in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when everyone will gather in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the first garment to Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he will be the first person. The first person to be clothed on the Day of Judgment will be Ibrahim alayhi salam. And the reason is because he was unclothed for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the world. Before they tossed him in the fire, which is a story we'll read, inshallah, we'll study next week. Before they launched him into the fire, they ungarbed him. And they launched him in the fire. So on this day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him the garment first. 
And what we learn from this is that every sacrifice you make in the world, Allah will reward you something similar from that, from that nature in the hereafter. If someone, for example, has some loss, maybe they have an arm that's, uh, that's cut off, or they don't have eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them something beautiful from that jins, from that type on the Day of Judgment. And Ibrahim alayhi reward is here. <coughs> then after that, the Prophet says, I will be garbed, and then the people around me will be garbed, and everyone will then be given a garment on the Day of Judgment. Now, another one of the special honors of Ibrahim salam is that when we make dua, in our salat, when we send salawat on the Prophet wasallam toward the ends of our towards the end of our prayer, along with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, whose name do we mention? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim inna kahmidun majid. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim inna kahmidun majid. And you think about this out of all the prophets in the world. Out of all of the prophets in the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to make dua for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a manner that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded Ibrahim alayhi salam. And there's a narration that when the ayah of the Qur'an of Surah Al-Ahzab was revealed, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِي يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا when the, believing, when the believers were commanded by Allah to send salutations and to send peace upon the Prophet ﷺ, the companions, they said, O Messenger of Allah, because in the verse there are two commands, by the way. There are two independent commands. One command is, Sallu, which means send salutations. The other command is, Sallimu, to send peace upon the Prophet ﷺ. So when these two commands came to the believers, the Sahaba, they said, Na'lamu salam we understand the concept of sending salam on you, we understand that. Because they had already been taught how to send salam on the Prophet. Where did they learn how to send salam on the Prophet? As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyyu. At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawat wa tayyibat. As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyyu. They were already, said, already sending salam on the, upon the Prophet. But now when the command comes to send salat, they said, Na'lamu salam fa-kayfa nusalli alayka. O Messenger of Allah, we understand the concept of salam, but how do we send salat upon you? So at that point, the Prophet said, Qulu, say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim ila akhir until the end he teaches them this particular dua now it makes you wonder why Ibrahim alayhi salam so the scholars they explain by saying there are many reasons given for why Ibrahim alayhi salam one of the simplest reasons is that the reason why we make dua for the Prophet in a manner that Ibrahim alayhi salam was rewarded by Allah is because there is a lot in similarity between the Prophet ﷺ and Ibrahim ﷺ. Just as we all take inspiration from the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ as a prophet and as an individual took inspiration from Ibrahim ﷺ. There are many moments in the Prophet's life where he would remember Ibrahim ﷺ. He would remember Ibrahim ﷺ. And he would remember him regularly. And the Prophet ﷺ, because he was so connected to him, not only was he a father, but someone who he, who he related a lot to, therefore we're being told, just as you sent your mercy upon Ibrahim, send your mercy upon the Prophet ﷺ. Um, for example, some similarities between Ibrahim ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ. They were, both, they were both born at times, they were both born at times, in which there was no other believer on the face of the earth. Ibrahim was born at a time where there was no one else who believed in Allah at that time. The hadith of the Prophet tells us this. There were only three people who believed in Allah when he migrated. Him, his wife Sara, and his nephew. Anyone know who his nephew was? Lut 
Lut was his nephew, the three of them, and that obviously tells you who's the next prophet after Ibrahim that we're going to discuss. Lut okay? So, um, no one else. And then at the same time, when the Prophet was born, there was no other source of guidance on the earth. The hadith of Salman Farsi is there, that his teacher told him that now there is nowhere for you to seek guidance. Go and wait for the final prophet. So there was no one who believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly, truly, pure, where there could be guidance sought from for mankind. That sort of guidance was no longer available. The second thing, they were both born to communities in which idol worshipping was prominent. The Prophet ﷺ's family and his community were idol worshippers, and so was Ibrahim ﷺ's family, they were also idol worshippers. The third thing, not only were they idol worshippers, but both of them belonged to families in which their families were custodians of the idols. Ibrahim ﷺ's father was a Najjar, he was a, uh, what do you call this, um, a carpenter, yes, and he used to make the idols. And the Prophet ﷺ's family, the Quraysh, were the people who were responsible of the idols inside the Haram as well, inside the Kaaba that existed before the Prophet removed them. They both climbed the mountain to search for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll discuss this story up ahead. Ibrahim salam, when he was young, he climbed a mountain and started looking into the heavens. And this is my Lord, and this is my Lord, and this is my Lord. And the Prophet wasallam himself would climb the cave of Hira. And that's where revelation actually came to him in retreat while he was on the mountain in reflection. The first person to reject, openly reject Ibrahim salam, was his father. And that was Azar or what was his name? We'll come to that in a little bit. And the first person to reject the Prophet ﷺ was his paternal uncle. Right? His taya, if you wish to say. And the paternal uncle is in the position of the father in the absence of the father. They were both rejected by their closest relatives, first and foremost. The first person to believe in Ibrahim ﷺ was his wife, Sarah. The first person to believe in the Prophet ﷺ was his wife, Khadija. Khadija Ibrahim ﷺ was thrown in the fire by his people, the Prophet ﷺ was thrown stones at by his people. They both migrated. Ibrahim ﷺ migrated from his hometown. And the Prophet ﷺ also migrated. Ibrahim ﷺ was made to sacrifice his son Ismail ﷺ. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected his son Ismail. However, when it came to the Prophet ﷺ, Allah made him sacrifice three of his sons and all three of them passed away. And he held his son Ibrahim, his last son Ibrahim, in his hand while he passed away. And the Prophet cried and cried and cried. You know, you think about Ibrahim salam's story, that intense moment came and it ended. You know, that, that Allah rewarded him. You know, the, the, the animal of sacrifice came down. But for the Prophet wasallam, the moment went all the way through. And the Prophet wasallam held the body of his baby after the baby had passed away. And three of his sons had passed away similar to this. They both had two harams, they both had two sacred lands. Ibrahim salam had the haram in Makkah Mukarramah, the Kaaba, and he also had Al-Quds. And the Prophet wasallam also had two harams, the Makkah Mukarramah, the Kaaba, and Medina Munawwara. And Medina Munawwara, by the way, is all Prophet Muhammad wasallam because no other Prophet came to Medina Munawwara. Makkah Mukarramah and Al-Quds, there's like, you know, many Prophets came there. But you know the honor that you see in Medina Munawwara, the nur that you see there, everything there, that's all attributed to who? The Prophet Muhammad And it's interesting, because all the Prophets contributed to the barakat of Quds and Haram, Makkah Mukarramah, but the honor of Medina Munawwara, the Prophet single-handed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him so much nur and so much barakah that you can see his honor there. Ibrahim salam actually made dua for the Prophet Ibrahim actually made dua for the Prophet When he finished constructing the Kaaba, 
the Prophet ﷺ, Ibrahim ﷺ stood in front of the Kaaba with his son Ismail. And he made dua for his son. And he made dua for the Kaaba. And amongst the duas that he made was, Oh Allah, Rabbana wa ba'ath fihim rasulam min. Oh Allah, send from these people the messenger. And when he's saying min hum, who's next to him? Ismail ﷺ, his son is there. Right? It's him and his son. He's saying, from them, send the messenger. And from Ismail salam's children comes the Prophet That's why the Prophet one day, standing in front of the Kaaba, he said, أَنَا دَعْوَةُ أَبِي Ibrahim. I am the result of the dua made by my father Ibrahim He made dua for me many years ago when he constructed this Kaaba, and today Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his dua. There's a few things you learn from this. The first thing you learn from this is, whenever you finish off a great ibadah, or a great action, a great command of Allah, always close it with a dua. Some people they ask this question, that is it permitted to make dua after salah? Have you guys heard that question before? Is it permitted to make dua after salah? Well, where it may not be a direct command from the Prophet ﷺ, which we agree upon, but the essence of it exists in the Qur'an itself. Ibrahim ﷺ, after he finishes the construction of the Kaaba, he doesn't just grab his cell phone, pull it out, start texting again. He spends a few moments. He remains seated, standing. He raises his hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he's making his dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a sunnah that we learn. That after you finish off a great action, you follow it up with a dua because that, those are the... Um, sa'at, those moments in which dua is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibrahim salam, before he died, he gathered his children together and gave them a command, gave them advice to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَوَصَّى بِهَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ بَنِيهِ وَيَعْقُوبُ يَا بَنِيَّ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَى لَكُمُ الدِّينَ فَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ He's telling them that I made the sacrifice and today my legacy, you must continue on. Ibrahim's telling his kids this. You must be believers, you must worship Allah. And when the Prophet is now passing away, according to the hadith of, Ibn Maj, of uh, Ibn, Imam Ibn Majah, that the Prophet said to the people, that whoever is nearby, gather them together, let me give them one last advice. And then when they gathered around the Prophet he said to them, As-salatu wa ma don't lose your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be just with those who you have authority over. The Prophet's love for Ibrahim salam, can simply be understood by one thing. The Prophet loved him so much that he actually named his son Ibrahim. I mean, that's a powerful statement in itself. The hadith is in Sahih Muslim. Um, Anas bin Malik an says that the Prophet said, Wulid Ali. This night, a layla, this night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me a ghulam, gave me a boy. فَسَمَّيْتُهُ بِإِسْمِ أَبِي إِبْرَاهِيمِ So I named him after the name of my father, Ibrahim alayhi salam. So we are starting the story of a very great prophet. And I haven't obviously covered all of his honors and all of his manaqib because those are so many, right? The Qur'an talks about him being a whole nation. And all the great sacrifices he made. And we'll try to cover some of them, inshallah, in this class and also in the next class or two as we go through his life.